in today's show. We're looking ahead to Wednesday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are looking at Wednesday's game. So let's look at them right now. First game up, the Blazers and the Pistons. Let's pay a little bit of attention to Yusuf Nurkic, whose permanent numbers in his two games back from his wrist slash calf injury have been pretty good. But I'd like to see those minutes push up to 23 or 24 and keep up that level of production. But it's encouraging signs nonetheless. And then I also want to watch Robert Covington, who's been shooting the absolute lights out. He's blocked eight shots combined in his last two games, both with Yusuf Nurkic back, which is absolutely encouraging. Is that real? Absolutely not, because nobody blocks four shots a game unless their name is Miles Turner. And Robert Covington's name is not Miles Turner. So let's see what his blocks look like in this one next to Nurkic. Well, for the Pistons, Dennis Smith Jr. is out again. Looks like the Duke Wayne Ellington won't play. So Saban Lee is probably going to be the starter at point guard. He's putting up some okay numbers. He's at least worth a stream, although that is harder to do with 10 games on. And then we're also looking at MC Hamadou Diallo. Stop. Have a time who was really impressive in his second game for the Pistons. Don't know whether he starts in place of Allington or not. They could go with the horrendous decision and start Rodney Magruder there. They could put Josh Jackson back in, although he was completely out of the rotation last game. So I'd look for a pretty big game here from Hamadou Diallo. And let's see what he can do. Can he bring that shooting percentage and shooting efficiency that he did in his second game? I'm not so convinced, but I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see what he can do. Next game. The Heat and the Pacers. Trevor Ariza, pretty disappointing last time. Um, can he hit some shots? Will he remain the starter? I imagine so. Can he have fringe 12-team league value? Probably not, but it's probably more of a 14-team league scenario. But he only played 23 minutes last game, and I think he was one of seven from the field. Pretty disappointing. While Nemanja Bielitsa made his Miami Heat debut, he played only five minutes. I'd like to see a larger role there. Or if they decide they're keeping him in that very, very small role, that's going to be indicative of what you do with him in deeper leagues there too. So his first game didn't really tell us a huge amount, Bielitsa. Let's see where he sits in this one. Let's see how he looks. I do not think that he's anything more at very best uh, as a 12-team streamer, but could very easily be wrong on that. For the Pacers, Timothy John McConnell. Minutes are remaining low in the 21 to 23 type range. Production's still high. Big assist rate, very good steal numbers. Let's see if those two things continue, the low minutes and the high uh, assists and steals, which provides value in those 12-team formats. But if we start to see the assists and steals drop off and the minutes remain low, then it does become more of a problem for him. And then Karis LeVert, I just want to pay a little bit more attention to him. He has been relatively rough most games with his shooting numbers. And that's a pretty standard thing from LeVert throughout his career in Brooklyn and now in Indiana, that he does have rough nights from the line, from three, and from two-point range. And we saw that happen in this one here. So... Um, let, let's hope that we can get a little bit extra from Karis Levert in this game and uh, get some of that shooting percentage fixed up. Next game we look at is the Rockets and the Nets. Kevin Porter Jr. was pretty disappointing last game. Still trying to find his groove next to John Wall, but encouragingly, he played 36 minutes in that one next to John Wall. That's uh, that's an encouraging sign. Do not drop him. He's a must-roster player, but let's hope he can find some of that synergy next to Wall. Well, Kelly Olynyk. now what his role is going to be is really intriguing because he has been absolutely massive 
in the last two games with the crucifix Christian Wood out. Now, Wood is likely to return in this game. So where do they play Salinic? Now, he obviously won't start at center over Wood, but could they start him next to Wood ahead of Jay Sean Tate? Could they move Tate to the three and bring Daniel House off the bench? Could they just play Alinek as the backup 4-5 and really eliminate Kenyon Martin's role? If Alinek can get 27 minutes in this game, then he does remain a 12-team league guy. For the Nets, let's watch Jeff Green, who put up some pretty good numbers in the last one, but I find it a little bit hard to trust his value. There is no LaMarcus Aldridge in this one yet, but he'll be returning soon or making his Brooklyn debut soon. Um, Green is more just that streamer guy. While they did start Bruce Brown over Jeff Green in the last game, very interesting to see if Brown can I almost actually no I'm not that interested because he won't because the Aldridge will come in and take minutes and pushing guys down Durant will return it and reduce what Brown's role is but let's see is he that 14 minute a night guy or can he be a 25 minute a night guy can he maintain that really high field goal percentage and be a steals type streamer Next up, we want to look at the Mavs and the Celtics. I'm pretty much out on Josh Richardson as a 12-team league guy, and I think if there is hot free agents out there, Moses Brown, Nerlens Noel, for some reason, the Rock DJ, or for God's sake, Tyrus Halliburton, you drop Richardson every day of the week to get those guys in. Uh, he, he can be rostered for sure, but let's see if he can actually start to string together a couple of good ones. I'm not convinced. And Timmy Hardaway has been doing the opposite, playing limited minutes, but stringing together a really good run of scoring. Now, he's not doing too much else, and he can be really inefficient, but those scoring numbers, the points, and the threes from Hardaway can have some use as a streaming option. For the Celtics, Evan Fournier was dreadful in his first game, 0 of 10 from the field. And I think a lot of people mentioned how shit he was without realizing he did have two steals and two blocks. Um, now, of course, both of those things aren't real. He's not going to be a 0% shooter. He's also not going to be a two steals and two blocks guy. Let's see how it looks, what his minutes look like with Jalen Brown, uh, when Jalen Brown is back. Um, and let's see if Fournier can hit some shots and not force things as much as he did in his Celtics debut. Because that was obviously a problem for him, just trying to get those shots up, you know, being really aggressive. But unfortunately, absolutely none of them went in. And uh, it's a bit unfair to, to judge his new uh, new team and new career in Boston based on one game. It's like, oh, he's trash now. He, he was 0 of 10 from the field. I don't think that's uh, really fair or uh, or useful at all. Also want to watch Marcus Smart, who I think has been playing quite well at the moment. They're going to have a you know, full roster now. So what's Smart role? Smart's role? Does he lose minutes to Fournier? Where does he fit in? We also might have Romeo Langford returning or actually making his season debut. Now, I don't know whether Langford can even get into the rotation with um, with the arrival of Fournier onto this team. Does he take Pritchard's role? I wouldn't have thought so, but I guess that's a, that's a potential scenario over there as well. Let's go on to the next one. We're looking at the Raptors and the Thunder. What the hell do we do with Chris Boucher? Again, this will be another data point. Now, if he comes out and plays 27 minutes and has 18 and 12 with four blocks, then you're going to be like, yeah, I've got to hold him. If he plays 16 minutes and has 10 and two, we hits a three, you're going to be like, maybe I do need to drop. And this is a good opportunity. Look, Moses Brown's not overpowering anyone. Alexei Pokashevsky's not overpowering anyone. Isaiah Roby is not overpowering anyone. So if Boucher can't get 25 plus in this one, then we have some significant concerns for where his future lies. Gary Trent Jr., I think, is more of a... I view him more of like a Tim Hardaway, a points and three streamer rather than a must-roster guy, but they're starting him, playing him a shit ton of minutes, and through volume alone, maybe he can provide value. And even last game, he did have some nice deals and assists. I don't really believe that that's going to continue for Gaza, but let's see how he looks here. Well, for the Thunder, of course, there's no Baisley, there's no Dort, but Isaiah Roby has been putting up big numbers. He's going to get a really strong role. Um, I like him as a 12-team league guy. Let's watch what he can do. And also Ty Jerome, who got more minutes than the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, Last game, and he's, yeah, he's flirting with being a 12-team league pickup. He isn't, but he's flirting with it. He's getting close to it. He's an add in 16s and probably 14-team leagues at this point. 
The Knicks and the Wolves. Nerlens Noel, I, I just hope that he continues to get those 30 a night and we don't get Taj Gibson cutting his lunch. That would be frustrating, but Noel is a must-roster player. While Alec Burks continues to be better than Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton, maybe even Derek Rose, but the minutes and the usage, I think he had like a 9% usage last game and had five scored five points or something ridiculous like that. So I'd like to see Burks get a larger role. Um, they won't start him because... Tibbs is a stubborn asshole, and he'll start uh, Bullock there. But yeah, if he can get 28 minutes, he remains a 12-team league guy. For the Wolves, the most watched guy, I think, for today is going to be Jaden McDaniels, who was a monster last game. He's playing 30-plus minutes every night. He's locked down the power forward spot. He is a 12-team league ad. I would add him wherever I can, and let's see where this goes. While Malik Beasley, two games back from a suspension, and he has not been, pun uh, completely intended, he has not been shooting well. Beasley has really struggled, um, lost some usage as well to, uh, to Goose, Anthony Edwards. There it is. Um, so Beasley, can he get back on track? I'm not dropping him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does become a drop guy at some point, especially when D'Angelo Russell does return. Next up, the Jazz and the Grizzlies, Jordan Clarkson. Can he shoot double digits in terms of um, field goal percentage? He's had some single-digit ones. Don't, don't laugh too much. He has been rough in a real, real uh, large stretch of games. Cannot hit shots at the moment. I think there is some positive regression coming for Clarko, but it's just been tough, and you might want to bench him. And speaking of benching, Bogdan, not Bogdan, man, I hate making that mistake. Boyan Bogdanovic. Get that garbage out of here! He's going to start. He's going to play his 29 to 30 minutes, and he's going to shoot poorly. That has been the recipe for Boyan Bogdanovic this season. He's just a streamer, and that's it. Well, for the Grizzlies, another big opportunity for our mate, the wave pool, D'Anthony Melton. We don't know about Grayson Allen at this stage. Justice Winslow is out again, so there's 20 unearned minutes that can go somewhere. Hopefully, a lot of them go to Melton. And then if Allen is out again, then there's a real chance of 30 minutes for the wave pool. This is a perfect opportunity to add him and to see where this goes, and just to see how brain-dead Taylor Jenkins can be or, or absolutely blind in terms of the value that Melton provides. So let's see where that goes. But with Winslow already out, it's a, there's a great opportunity for more minutes here for DeAnthony Melton. And Allen's status is going to be key to watching where that goes. Brandon Clark, we're always keeping an eye on what his defensive stats look like. His minutes continue to frustrate. We don't really have to worry at any time soon about Jaron Jackson coming back and impacting that. But yeah, getting defensive stats or getting yeah, 26 minutes versus 22 minutes is going to be key. He still is a 12-team league guy, barely. It's really just the back end, though, at this stage. Kings and Spurs matchup from the other day. Darren Fox, the number one player over the last week in fantasy basketball, putting up some absolutely huge numbers. I, I do expect regression in his field goal percentage, in his free throw percentage in particular. And then Terrence Davis, just showing enough for deeper leagues, a consistent enough bench role. He's a good scorer. He can pass a little bit. Uh, he's an alleged ship bloke as well. But let's see what he can do in terms of um, you know, carving out that consistent role, which he couldn't get in Toronto. Well, for the Spurs, you want to talk about guys that we can probably drop. Get that garbage out of here! Keldon Johnson. Now, every time that I've said he's a drop, he's come out with a 20 and 20 game, and I, I said he was a drop after the last game, so watch for a big one here from Keldon, or watch for another 6 and 3 game in 26 minutes just to completely piss you off. And it looks like it'll be the debut of Gorgie Jeng, who will likely come in, be the backup center behind Yucca Pertle. I doubt that Yucca Pertle only plays 24 minutes so that Jeng can play 24, and I doubt they play too much of Jeng at the 4. But he's a guy that if he got 22 minutes and he did share the court a little bit with Pertle, yeah, 24 minutes for Jeng, if that happened, it's a stretch. But if it happens, um, he'd be on the 12-team back-end radar and definitely on the 14-team league radar. Next up, we look at the Bucks and the Lakers. Will Jeff Teague make his debut? And if he does, what does that mean for Bryn Forbes? And what does it mean for the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo? Teague has been dreadful this season, although he is shooting 46% on threes, I think on 50 attempts. So it's obviously not, uh, not much in terms of sample size. But where he fits in the rotation will be key. 
Portis and Tucker are out again, so we're going to get yeah, 30 minutes for Pat Connaughton. So for deeper leagues looking to stream in, Connaughton's available in a lot of different spots, and 30 minutes for Pat Connaughton, it can be useful enough. Well, for the Lakers, this is I said Jada McDaniels is the one to watch. This is the one to watch. Andre Drummond, going to make his Lakers debut. He's going to start. Now, how do they do it? Do they play all three centers? How many minutes does Drummond play? Does he play 30 minutes and Harold plays 18 and Gasol doesn't play? Do they play 24 apiece and Gasol doesn't play? Do they, do they play 20 minutes each and Gasol plays 10 minutes? Like, There's so many questions about how that all works. And then what does it do to Kyle Kuzma? If they do decide at all to play Gasol and Harold together, which sounds absolutely horrendous, it's going to have an impact on Kuzma. And Drummond, we know he's just going to steal rebounds off everybody. And Kuzma's had a few double-doubles lately. So I'd expect some of his rebounding and fantasy value to go down, although I still think he remains a 12-team league guy. Bulls and Suns, Larry Markinen came off the bench last game. I think he's a drop. He wasn't playing well anyway, and now you're getting six fuel minutes per game. You can move on there. I'd like to see how it looks in this one before I make a definitive decision on, but I reckon he is a drop. Well, Paddy Williams, the Mr. Good Game, Mr. Good Game, Mr. Bad Game, that's uh, exactly who he is. So is he one of these as well? Sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit. Sure feels like it. I wouldn't want to trust him in any fantasy setting. While well, for the Suns, Tory Craig getting a pretty significant role. And with Abdul Nadir out again, deeper leagues, you're going to want to pay some sort of inf- uh, information, some sort of attention to Tory Craig. Not in any 12s or 14 team leagues, but other ones for sure. Well, let's also watch Chris Paul because you know, he's had a couple of down games lately, but you know, after a slow start, roared back with some strong performances. But l- let's just watch him because he's fun to watch. Also, he's going up against the Bulls, so it should be a good opportunity for some big numbers. Let's look at some stream options here. Um, these are guys who are rostered in under 50% using our advanced metric. Jaden McDaniels, Nick Claxton, still a streamer with Aldridge out. Taylor Horton Tucker, Ty Jerome, and Pat Mills. And then if we go to points leagues, we're looking at Teo Maladon, Alexei Pokyshevsky, The Wild Thing, Jay Sean Tate, Nick Claxton, and MC Hamadou Diallo. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.